0: On Message. This is Chad McLeod coming to you from Lakeland, Florida, here in the podcast studio with Joe, my brother and business partner and fellow co-host of the podcast. And we are talking about trends and insights into the public relations industry, communication tips for leaders, and the best stories in PR and communications. And Joe, I know you've got A topic today that you want to talk about. I I was reading through just some headlines to see if there was something else we wanted to to talk about this episode. And I I am intrigued by the back and forth and the development of Elon Musk and Twitter and the announcement that he is invested in Twitter. He became their largest shareholder and he was going to join the board. And then he came out and said, No, I'm not joining the board. And then the CEO of Twitter also had to release a statement saying, yeah, he's not joining the board and we believe that's for the best. And as of today, Elon Musk has offered to buy Twitter for I think $43 billion. And so it's just kind of a fascinating uh, turn of events and watching it play out and then the different implications for the messaging, especially if I'm putting myself in the shoes of Twitter and corporate communications and how do you handle this? This is unique. You have, he's the wealthiest person on the planet, right? Yeah, I think he surpassed Jeff Bezos recently.
1: I don't know, but I, yeah, that's believable.
0: Yeah. So it's not an everyday occurrence for something like this where you are, um, you, you have a celebrity CEO, the founder and leader of Tesla and, and the richest person in the world who is your largest shareholder, but also now offering to outright buy the company and says, I believe it can be a force for good, but it needs transformational change. So he is, inserted himself into their brand, yeah. criticized them and offered to buy them at the same time. And so if I'm just trying to, if I were on the, the, the Twitter end of this, like how do, how do we respond? It's, it's different, these are not, you don't find this in a
1: textbook. We're just thinking about it from like corporate communications, you have stakeholders, investors, investor relations is an aspect of PR. And to make sure that you have good relationships, proper communications with those who are invested in your company, which for a public company, they are owners. So here Elon Musk is an owner. If you say no, you don't sell it to him, then you have in some way um, almost jeopardized, but you've it hasn't necessarily been a positive step for your major investor so that where does that leave you? Like, tw- I agree. Twitter is between a rock and a hard place, yeah. because whatever move they make, there will be negative repercussions in some way. I'm right. not saying that that Elon Musk is going to do some like, retaliatory move if he doesn't get his way. I mean, he might. I don't know. But th- yes, this does make for a fascinating analysis, because there's not, as you said, there's no textbook way of looking at it. And... Um, I almost would kind of want to sit back and just eat popcorn and watch right. what happens. <laughs> yeah, it, I, and I think I saw where Twitter
0: responded and said that they are aware of the unofficial offer. This is not an official proposal with the the details and all the financial terms, and there's a lot of uncertainty and things that they don't know at this point. I believe the if he did buy Twitter for $43 billion, that it is the valuation of the company at that number is higher than what it is currently valued at today or the, you know, the stock value. And so that's interesting. And then I've heard questions of, well, how would Elon Musk finance that purchase? Because a lot of his net worth is in Tesla and shares of Tesla. And so would he have to sell that? And does that affect Tesla's financial standing? Just a lot of things going sure. on. So, um, yeah, it will be um, interesting to see, does he end up Buying Twitter, and and um, if not, then what happens from here on out? That's not what we were going to talk about. But I do, like I said, I just found it kind of fascinating reading the in the past few
1: days and I guess past two weeks, kind of some of the things that have unfolded. But but, but from a communication standpoint, and again, we don't know what conversations have taken place. I fully acknowledge that, but we're seeing it seems like they're not on the same page based on the public announcements that have been made by musk and twitter yeah can i does that sound right yeah it
0: does and i think kind of complicating it is in his criticisms of twitter some of the things that he has said via twitter so there's that you know he's tweeting here's what's wrong with twitter and here's why i want to buy it and he has since deleted some of those because i just some of the things and specifics and so that's If we're advising somebody, I would say if you want to, whatever your message is, if it's whether it's criticism, your rationale, try not to get in a position to where you're putting things out and then deleting them in large numbers. And so that's just I don't know. You know, if um, I'm guessing that Elon Musk kind of does whatever he wants and says what he wants and is not. I mean, he may not be running tweets and language by somebody to say, hey, how does this sound? Or what, right. what's yeah. just,
1: yeah. So, and the the point that I was going to make is that if, if you're one of these parties, somebody, I think, needs to make a phone call and just say, Hey, l- let's talk about this. Yes. Like, let's get on the same page. Let's have a conversation. We discussed that in our last podcast, we were talking about the Oscars and just the, yeah. the dilemma between Will Smith and Chris Rock and the apologies. And, but was there ever a conversation between Will Smith and and Chris Rock? You know, that, that moving forward or and was there that moving forward could certainly put you in a better position or did the oscars were they in conversations with will smith so i know it sounds crazy but sometimes the best way to handle public communication is to ensure that you have adequate private communication just so this doesn't happen it's not saying it's gonna eliminate the awkwardness and the the of course, anybody can act on their own, and Elon Musk has a reputation for doing that. But, man, I'm thinking if, if, if I'm advising anybody in a situation to where there's public messages going out that don't seem aligned, get on the phone and have yeah. a conversation and just say, let's get on the same page. That way what we say in public is going to match what you're going to say, and there's, there's not any surprises. I'll let you now share what it is we're talking about on this episode. So, yeah, hard left turn. Um, Have you ever tried to explain to your kids what you do? Yes, frequently. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) Yeah, I have, and that comes up from time to time. Yesterday I was speaking to my son's class and the rest of the third grade at his school, and I was talking about... I was invited to talk about my role as a city commissioner because they're studying American government and the different levels of government. And then at the end, one of the kids asked, did you have another job before this one? And I said, yes, actually, I have another job now. This is not my I know I've (laughs) talked about this a lot, but and then I started to try and explain that the job of a, a PR consultant and owning a PR firm and. I think it was easier to talk about the role of local government than it was to, to third graders. Yeah, so, yeah. So,
1: and I've struggled with that too with my kids. Like, you know, what do you, what is public relations? And you know, you try to give them a well, it's maintaining relationships between a organization and its right. public. Like, no, you can't do that. Um, so you know, we've talked about this before. You know, what's the easiest sales pitch? You know, for us, like, just to to pitch our firm to, when, when somebody says, "What do you do? How do you how do you?" explain that to a third grader, or just to somebody at a dinner party where yeah. you don't want to sound all you know geeky and, um, and using a bunch of business jargon. But I've started just telling people, our job is to get people in the news. Our job is to get companies in the news for good reasons. And if those organizations are in the news for bad reasons, we do crisis communications and help with that. That's a little more, um, I guess, a mature answer. But I wanted to talk us to talk about that aspect of public relations, and obviously, it's broader than just getting a company news coverage. Uh, it's really about making sure that they're communicating broadly in a way that is enforcing, reinforcing, supporting that organization's mission. You know, what are they trying to ultimately do, and do they have a communications process in place? to be able to facilitate their mission, accomplish their goals. And so let's focus on that today. How do we get companies in the news and is that still needed in today's media environment? So if you go to our website, com, there's a form
0: you can fill out
1: (laughs) to to get started (laughs) with our services. Yeah,
0: yeah, call us. That's right. Without giving away the, the secret sauce of how to get companies in the news, because you're right, we have a lot of people, especially right now, who are coming to us, and I think that success breeds success. So you have a client, you get news coverage, people see, hey, you, your brand, your organization, you, you saw this story. How did you do that? How did that happen? And a lot of times that leads to, well, I, I hired this company, I hired these guys. And so then someone else comes to us and says, I yeah. want to be in the news. How? How? What can you do? And it, it looks different, I think. In some ways, it's the same. In some, it's different for every client we have. There are principles that are consistent throughout in terms of getting media coverage. Number one, you have to have something that is of interest to the media and to their audience. And so yes. media is broad and and especially in today's world of there's everything from your traditional mass media outlets, kind of your, your, your big you know, TV, ABC, CBS, established print publications on down into very niche industry specific media, kind of what I call off the beaten path media. So you're the popularity and prevalence of podcasts and things that there are by the thousands and hundreds of thousands out there to, to choose from. It doesn't mean that you will have hundreds of thousands of media opportunities. It just means there's so many different options right. that are available today. So throughout those different options, it, you still have to have something that is of interest to that program, that outlet, that reporter. And so, that's number one. And then we look at, okay, what type of audience are you most interested in reaching? Who, who yeah. and you could say, well, any press coverage is good coverage, some people we believe hear that. that. Um, and there may be, if it's positive coverage, a lot of times people say that and they mean any coverage, positive, negative, and we're not fully on board with that. But, but any positive media coverage, is a, you could say it's a good thing, but right. is it helpful to your brand? Is it really, right. does it do anything? is it doing uh, anything? Is it relevant to your industry? So what's your audience? Who ideally are you trying to reach? Some people know when they come in the door, like I really want to be in this publication. I want to be covered here. I want to be featured on this TV program. That can be good and bad because if it's realistic, that's great. We know kind of where to go and what's important to you. Uh, sometimes it's unrealistic and people say, well, I, And we've had this before we want to be on the today show and seems kind of random and it's it's for well it's it has a huge audience if you're on the today show you are on the map nationally and we understand that but so we have this conversation of okay where where do you want to be do you have an idea of what media coverage looks like and if you if you do let's talk about that if you don't here here's what we think um, and then what do you have going on? Like what is happening in your organization that is newsworthy is what we call it, that ha- will get the attention and interest of of the media? And this, there are varying levels of, for some brands, organizations, and people, it's, it's easy to spot. We know, we have a client who we actually sought out and said you have a story and and we'd like to help you tell this in the media. Other times it's harder. It's harder to what the client thinks is newsworthy. And I still go back to my reporting professor my junior year of college at UF when I walked in with my story idea that I was so proud of, and he said, well, why would anybody care about that? And I was you know, <laughs> I was hurt, I was offended. I mean, he was just so blunt. Because I care, Because, right? But he really challenged me to think through that paradigm of why does anybody care about that? And, and he would say they don't, the, the viewing audience, listening audience, readers, whatever, um, don't necessarily care about it because you do. Mm-hmm. And so that is important when we're talking to clients uh, oftentimes what's most important to the organization or what they think needs to be in the news no one outside the organization cares about so we have to find something they do yeah. care about or find an angle that is that
1: works and is appealing to the media it's kind of a long answer yeah, to well, no, that but question that's right and at risk of sounding like an infomercial for our firm um we we do we 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 see it on both extremes like we will see clients that will come in and they they want to be more public public meaning they just would like more media exposure for what they're doing their brand um, and they they really think they have something that is going to be interesting to the masses and what they what they think and what we see are different. We say, well, we, could, we understand why internally this is a big deal to you all, but it only pertains to a small segment. Let's look, and this is where we add value, is we come in and say, let's, let's learn more about your brand, what you're doing, because there may be something you're, that you're doing that you just think is just business as usual, but it's a story. And that's the other extreme. We'll work with clients that will, they really don't think they have anything. And we've even seen this, especially in the nonprofit world to where they are doing just remarkable work, but it's just what they do. And it's just everyday thing. And they don't really see it as being a big deal. And we're like, wow, this is life changing. People need to know about it. And so really our role is to come in and look at what the company is doing or what it's on the verge of doing. And then does it have a story that is going to resonate with a broader audience? And then take that story and try to, to get it to that audience the best way possible. And so um, it, it, it is – it's an art and a science, I would say. But you also have to be aware of the rules of storytelling, you know, of getting – because the media landscape is changing. And, so, and, that, and that's the other question that I would have is that um, – and now I'm shifting – Topics here mid sentence, but a lot of times people will say, "Well, do I even need to be in the news?" But the news is a very broad concept. Like a podcast is a form of news, right? Or not It's a form of media, right? Um, And so the really the better question is is which media do I need to focus on in order to tell my company's story? Yeah, I don't run into many people who would say, "Well, I just
0: I have I don't need to be." covered by media or in the news or people what it offers is d- different audiences or more people knowing about your your brand your product your services than before that story came out so it's new opportunities it's new fill in the blank whatever's most important to your organization you're you're trying to reach more people with your story of here's what we do and we want them to be interested. We want them to call us. We want them to check out our website. We want them to come to our event. And so we're trying to get that out into a, a media platform that has more of an audience than we do. There are some unique situations where you have brands that have a massive following of their own or political figures, celebrities, and they can go directly to those people and they, they can argue that we don't need the media as much as others i would still say there are times when you will even if you you have a large yeah. following you're you're still uh, people will cover your brand and and you need that rapport at times and um ability to to engage with media if you're at that level most of the clients we interface with or not um so, what was your question? Do companies do they still need to get in the? Do, do they still need media coverage? And... Yeah, is there
1: value to yeah. it? Is it? because sometimes people think media, and I know this is a, could be a broader conversation. Because when you say media, are we talking about like the local newspaper? Are we talking about CNN? Are we talking about very specific uh, like social media campaigns that use analytics for micro targeting? And so, yeah. like, why why should I be in like a broader publication? um when I could just be on social media and micro target.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think the the answer to that it, oftentimes is there's it's not a a story is not an endorsement of of you of your company, but there is some third party validation yes. that comes with being in a different outlet or a business publication or just a feature about you and, and especially if it's, in a, if it's in a positive light and I think most people can see that pretty quickly once they see the results of that coverage. For somebody who's out there and a starting point, let's say they're not ready to go to com and fill out the form that I mentioned and hire us. Like, <laughs> where do you start in this? Like, hey, we want to get more, we want to, to give a boost to our media outreach and and improve our chances of getting covered by the
1: media. What would you, What are? what's a tip or two you would recommend? Start with the story. What is it that you could tell that will resonate with a larger group? What's your story? Now, there are ways to tell the story, and this is another way we add value, is because just kind of spitting the information out doesn't necessarily mean someone will be interested. It has to be framed in such a way that you're going to grab the interest of a reporter, a journalist, somebody that can come alongside and, and either cover the story or well just that to cover the story. So I, that's what I would say just start start with your story and then work from there. I'll add one tip we could share a number of these but again I'm not going to give it all away right. yeah. on the podcast. I mean, there's but, other things. but I do
0: think it, I always recommend that it, when you're pitching the media as we call it or sending out story ideas that you understand the outlet, the reporter, the types of stories they cover. right? And so, yeah, you can always send out a, a mass distribution of all the media in your area, of a certain industry, but when you can start targeting different reporters and editors and say, here's a, a story idea that I think would work for your outlet, your audience, and, and here's why, you've covered this before, it, you improve your chances big time, of getting covered. And I, I've had, this happens all the time, but I was talking a couple months ago with a editor of a business publication that we work with and have on a, a number of stories. We'll send them story ideas only if we know it's something they're interested in. But he was saying, you wouldn't believe how many pitches I get that yeah. have nothing to do with what we cover. Yeah. And I often wonder, have they ever even been to our site? Have they read any of our stories? And there's no chance th- mm. they will get covered. And, and there's some PR firms that do that, unfortunately, and get right. paid for it. We don't. We don't operate that way. I know you said you didn't want this to be an infomercial, but we don't really camp out on our services a lot. So I think, we don't. No, it's uh, fine. This is uh, a good time to, to do that. And just, uh, there's a lot of interest right now, the clients coming to us in this area. And that's fun. And I think, as you said, the media landscape is changing, it's different. And it takes a lot of work to do this. Well, I'm not saying you can't do it on your own.
1: Uh, You've given some good tips, but it, it, it to do it right, it takes a lot of effort and thought and strategy. Another thing to keep in mind, because in last week, or a week before, you were talking about the word frameworks getting overused. Yes, a also, framework. Fr- yeah I just I came from a four-hour meeting about transportation and framework our And, you know,
0: I don't know that framework came up this morning. But right. I kept waiting for it to be – we don't have – uh there was some frustration amongst elected officials about how long it takes for things to happen in the world of transportation and i kept waiting for someone to say "Well, we've got a framework got a framework, framework. But anyways right. I, well, I have another
1: word and we've said it already a couple times and that's landscape because yeah. i've used that a lot like yeah. the media landscape is changing and so yeah. so let me say the media <laughs> framework <laughs> right <laughs> the, the structure of the media has changed newsrooms are less staff today, they have fewer staff members than, gosh, in a while, like it's the many of our publications, especially the local ones are operating on skeleton crews. And so that means that when you're pitching reporters, you got to have a good pitch. They don't have the time and they don't have the personnel to really go through and take a, a bad pitch and then massage it into a story the the tighter you can get the pitch the more um the more assets you can provide with the story which is part of what we do the better chance it's going to have at seeing airtime uh, or be printed because you don't have these big staffs that can devote the time to taking a a an average pitch or a bad right. pitch and turning it into a good story. That's that's got they, they have to see right away that this is something that's going to be interesting, it's going to be relevant, uh, and that their readers, or at least most of their readers, will care about. Good stuff. We could spend more
0: time. I have a number of thoughts running through my head, but I think we'll leave it here for this episode. If you're curious about some of those ideas and how do you give a boost to your media relations efforts and media coverage uh, for your organization as I said at the outset, McCloudCommunications.com. you can find us there and our contact information. And these are fun projects for us. I love the challenge of getting a client into the news and then when we have those results and you know, we've really been in the background and no one even knows that we are yeah. involved. So yes. that's just, it's kind of a fun part of, of what we do. So we, um, yeah, check us out if, if you're interested. Anything else you wanted to cover on this episode? So I have. As always, we appreciate you listening to On Message. You can find us wherever you find your podcast. Have a great weekend. It's Easter weekend. We want to wish everyone a happy Easter, and we will see you back again soon.